The Mark Noss Show, Episode 3. I'm your host and guide, Maurice Randall, on the journey of rediscovering the marketplace, visiting, experiencing and learning from traders, visitors and more. In this episode, I briefly discuss how you can find a niche for your marketplace store. I visited the Bryanston Organic and Natural Market in Johannesburg, South Africa, and met with four amazing store traders who gave us some great startup advice. And of course, I tried my food on the move again segment with a little bit more success. I was trying to keep my podcast pretty regular, and so I was hoping to have my podcast out every single Wednesday. But this week, we seem to have struck a little bit of an obstacle when it came to editing, none of which I will bore you with, but here we are, we've managed to get this out to you today. The music in the background is live music, played by Michael Dupree, who, on the Thursday morning, plays at the Bryanston Organics and Natural Market. He's positioned pretty much near the center of the marketplace with the benches and the eating area around and about underneath the trees and the music just creates an amazing atmosphere. Today's podcast is about niches and we'll hear later on in the show how some people in the marketplace chose their niche, how they got into it and where they're planning on going. But when we're deciding on a niche, you really need to be thinking about the two camps that you may belong to. The first one might be that you already know what you want to sell. Maybe you make something or maybe you produce something or you know what to buy. But you just need to find the right marketplace and to get selling. Or you could be in camp two where you don't even have a clue about what you want to sell. But all you know is that you would like to be part of the marketplace at some stage. To get started, you'll need to do a bit of legwork initially to find out whether or not the marketplaces accommodate your kind of products. In other words, if you sell fresh fish and you're going to a toy market, it's not really going to do you any favours in terms of selling. People are there to buy toys. But if you go and sell fish and chips, the toy market might be the best place to be because people need to eat and that smell of fish and chips might just be the thing that draws people. Being a success is all about knowing your niche. But each camp has the same challenge. What do I sell and in which market? Start by doing a little research in your area. Find out where all the markets are and what days they're on, then get out there and visit them. Draw up a table, and with each market, make sure you notice what types of things are being sold. If they are organic, or perhaps they only cater for second-hand goods, notice the type of people in attendance too. If they are from low-income families, they are looking for necessities, and are not quite like the middle-class affluent people who are looking to maybe improve an art piece within their home or looking for a specific premium product. There's a hidden truth behind each customer. If you only have a certain amount of money to spend, you need to find the best deals and bargains that are going. So turning up with a specialty burger van that serves 30-day-age prime beef burgers served on a gourmet salad bed, served with a glass of Chardonnay for 20 or 40 Uh, dollars or pounds, may not do so well with folks who need just to make the money last for the next part of the week. People matter as much as the marketplace does, so do your research. The day and the time also has a bearing on what people will purchase. A Monday may not be the most optimal time to sell your ice creams if the school holidays haven't started yet, but Thursday mornings may cater for social mornings out 
for coffee and tea, and that might be the prime time to sell your cakes too. Saturdays are normally busy as people make time to make a day out of visiting the marketplace. Lots of people make it great for business, but be aware that it is the day that brought people out, and that may affect your sales too. There are plenty of niche market stores you can sell from. Fruit and veg, artisan breads, handmade goods, general purpose electronics. There's probably even a store that hasn't even been made yet. You can sell your product straight from there. Still undecided? Then the best advice is to get out there and get your feet wet. Go and buy some potatoes and sell them from your store. You'll soon get a feel of what you like and don't like. Let's hear how our store traders chose their niches and some of the stories behind their businesses that they've set up. Time for our interviews. Well, I must give a very big thanks to all the people who were interviewed at the Bryanston Organic and Natural Market. They were very, very accommodating, and I spoke to many of them about the way that they set their business up, how they run, how the people react, what the type of customers are. But more importantly, we were interested in what the kind of niche that people were in. So my first interview is with Sean Weber of Josie's Nut Butters. And here's Sean. Okay, this is Mark Nosh. I'm uh, uh, Bryanston Organics Market, and I'm here talking to Sean. Uh, he's got a store called Josie's Nut Butters. Um, hi, Sean. Hi, how's it going? Uh, not too bad. Right. Um, what, we're, what, what is your stall about? I can see lots of little pots, jars. I can see uh, buckets. What is your stall about? And if you could just explain it to the listener, because they can't see what it is. Great. Yeah, we pretty much do healthy nut butters. So the alternative to processed nuts, butters and stuff, we do peanuts, macadamias, cashews, almonds. Uh, we try to keep it as healthy, natural and as organic as possible. Um, yeah, so we started with a basic peanut butter. And now we've got 10 different varieties across the board. And... Um, yeah, it's just to give the, the consumer something healthy, something good for their bodies, and it's good for the community too. So a lot of our profits go back into the community, which which helps. So. All right, so you're community-driven, and I'm going to get onto the community-driven in a, in a moment. Would you describe it as a as a health store? Uh, is it a little wee treat on the side? Is it just for your morning breakfast? What would you kind of say your store's catering to? What kind of area would you say it's catering to? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a niche market, so it would be for the healthier healthier person, the people that are into to, to cycling, gymming, their training, who want good proteins, good fats, good carbohydrates. Um, we do have some naughty treats on the side as well, but they're not as naughty as some of the other stuff. So it's it's the healthy alternative to the naughty treats, and then definitely the, the very healthy stuff. So And obviously with the healthy comes a little bit more expensive, but people do understand that. So yeah, so it's good stuff. Okay. Um, how did you choose this particular avenue for your store i mean there's hundreds of other things you could have chosen why did you go this route i think there was an american couple that came over from the states um, and they started working with this the organization called oasis which is a non-profit organization the americans love their peanut butter so it started in their garage they just made a, a local peanut butter that they wanted to test and try and then uh, we saw that there was a opportunity to start employ people from that so it literally started with a peanut butter in somebody's garage and branched out and now it's become a health product and uh, yeah we've tried to keep it as healthy and as, and as natural as possible in that and to help the community in that so job job creation and stuff yeah. that's fantastic so yeah, your community you've spoken about it twice and you were speaking to me just before i started pushing record uh for the this part of the show um you employ a certain gender in uh, the work that you do and can you explain why that is please 
Yeah, well, I think in the communities that we're working in, Cosmos City, which is in Johannesburg, just off Malibongwe Drive, um, where our factory originated from, we saw that the, the ladies tended to be the head of the household in the, in the informal settlements, not the guys. So we made a decision to employ them as the head of the household because they feed not only their own families but extended families. So we just made a decision that that's the people we wanted to employ. Um, yeah, so that's where it started, just wanting to, to impact that community. And then uh, while they work for us, they're also studying. So when we sell the jars and the profits come back, they're actually studying at different universities and stuff and, and furthering their degrees and their education. And then they could either further it with us as the nut butters or go into a different field of work that they've studied. So, so it's, it's the whole thing. You, you've got work, you've got education, you're supporting whole families. And it's just from a nut butter that you, you started off in a garage. Yeah, so just from humble beginnings, it's gone. It's gone a lot bigger than we thought. Uh, we obviously would like to expand a lot more. But uh, yeah, and the people believe in the product. So they love the product and they love even more so the story behind the product. So I think every 15 jars that we sell pays for a module for somebody to study at university. So yeah, so we probably started in 2014. So we're now two years, two to three years down the line. Um, and we've, we've, we've come a long way. So we're in a lot of stores, house stores, coffee shops, a lot of guys, even though sometimes we might be a little bit more expensive than a competitor, they love the story, they want to support that story and they end up buying our, our product and using it in their stuff. So yeah. Just because we're talking about this, how you've expanded so far, was this an original idea that you wanted to expand or did you just kind of wanted to start off as a store and stay that small? Uh, how was your goal orientated and what are you looking towards in the future? Yeah, I don't think originally when we started, we thought we were going to expand to this extent. Um, we started with a peanut, which is the cheaper nut, and we've now gone from peanut to cashew to macadamia to almond. And I think just the health requirements that people have got, the diets that have come into South Africa, banting being one of them, um, where people are all for the almond, the macadamia, and then the cashews. So it's just expanded according to what people need. Cycling has taken over in South Africa, and the cyclists love the almond butter. So I think we just saw a gap in the market and we sort of started meeting that and, and it's expanded from that. So yeah. Brilliant, eh? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Sean, thank you so much for your time and uh, for explaining to me how, you, how this all got started. I wish you all the best. If you want to give us a wee advert where we can find you online, uh, if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to find out a bit more about your story, where can we get uh, a little bit more information, please? Cool, yeah. Only our pleasure. Uh, we're at josiesnutbutters at gmail.com. Um, so you can get hold of us on that or at Oasis South Africa. Um, we're part of them as a non-profit organization. You can email us. We're on Facebook as well. We've got a Twitter handle. So all of that is, is on our on our account there, yeah. Excellent, man. I'm going to put all that in the definition, uh, in the uh, show notes so that everyone can find you. And uh, we'll go from there. Thanks very much, Sean. Cheers, man. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. Thanks again, Sean, for being so open with us about how you got all set up. Next, we met with Peter Mack of Mac Daddy's store. His logo was super cool. And if you get to see it on the Instagram feed, you'll see what I mean. We were talking about how he pretty much got into the business as a chef and then turned trader and his specific skill set as being a chef is really feeding into the kind of products he's selling from his store. He also started in a collaboration with uh, Sean from Josie's Nut Butters. So here's Peter. I'm with Peter Mack and he's at the Mac Daddy store. Um, hi Peter, how are you doing? How's it? Very good. How are you? Oh man, I'm fantastic. This market is is absolutely so cool. There is so much interesting, so many interesting things. Uh, my name is Maurice. Maurice. Yeah, yeah. I've got it. Sorry, sorry, Peter. I, for, I forgot about telling you that earlier on. That's no problem, man. Um, for the listener, they can't see what your stall is. They can't smell the incredible smells I can smell from your stall. Yeah. I need you to paint them a picture of what it is that you're selling, 
and what it, what it is that I'm actually seeing right now. Should I start from the, the front? Go for it, dude. On the one side, it. basically barbecue sauce. Okay. It's all natural, all organic. Right. So everything's handmade as well. Okay. So it's handcrafted. So there's a lot of flavors, a lot of variations. All right. But we start with the barbecue sauce. Okay. Then we go into the chili sauce, which is Thai-based. You've got different heats. You've got the extra hot, the hot, and one without sugar. Nice, man. Very nice. Balsamic dressing, no sugar. Then you've got different pickles and relishes. Pickled beetroot, pickled jalapenos, uh, onion marmalade, nectarine chili jam, and strawberry jam. Oh, On this side, we've got a satay sauce. So we've done a collaboration with Josie Nuts. Okay, and we were just speaking to Josie just a few few minutes ago. So, uh, so you've done a bit of a collaboration. You're working with another store uh, 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 trader for this product. Yes, we're in the same premises, so we decided to do a collaboration. Obviously, I've taken his nut butters, so we've done a peanut satay and a macadamia satay. Wow. So I've added my chili sauce to that and just tweaked it with a bit of lime juice and coconut. Oh man, that sounds yeah. fantastic. So it's good, it's good for networking and, and the collaboration is, is a fantastic idea. Yeah. So actually traders are working together here to produce a, a really interesting and unique there, product. There you go, yeah. working together. Oh, that is great, man. Um, I'm gonna ask the very first question, which yes. is, why this niche? Why did you choose this? How did you get started in this particular niche? Okay, it all originated in London. Because I worked there for 15 years. Cool, all Actually right. a chef. Oh, no way, chef, man. So, wow. yeah. so that, that's how it came about. Yeah. And I've always been wanting to come back to South Africa. Yeah. You know, I've always, uh, like yourself, you know, I'm always here and, and there, you know, back and forth. But uh, Africa is my place. So I decided to open up my own business and start my own business. So I've used all my experience from, from England and also Australia. I spent a year there and I've taken all that experience and decided to yeah, start up my own business. So actually you, yeah. you, your products have almost not just an infused flavor of, of spices and, and plant-based uh, organics. You're actually infusing them with the experience of your travels around the world and the people you've met. Exactly. That's what it's all about. And now we're in Africa, and, and this is what it's, yeah, I, I, I love it. Oh, man, that, that really yeah. sounds good, man. No, it is. It is fantastic to be back where I actually belong. Right. So your, your yeah. goal initially then is to create something which you've got in the back of your mind. You begin to manufacture it. You put it into yeah. jars, and you're selling it here on the stall. Exactly. What's, it, what's a forward plan from here? Well, this is different for me because obviously I'm used to the restaurant environment. So obviously it's food on the go. I mean, I've worked in numerous places, restaurants, hotels, gastropubs, contract catering, that sort of thing. Okay. So the bottling on my side is unique for me, which is something different, oh, which okay. I enjoy. Okay. All right. So preserving is, it's, it's quite a unique factor for me because usually I just serve the food straight out, you yeah. know, as, as it comes. So. I like to take the flavors and, and basically put them in that bottle and intensify them. And then obviously from a selling point, it's, it's easier for me as well to make money off that. So it doesn't go off, you see. So no, I no, can you can keep the it. Product. Okay. I've got a good year shelf life on most of them. You see? Oh, so wow, that is good. All right. From okay. a cost point of view and from a money making yeah. prospect, it's yeah. better for me okay. to do that. Okay. So it's non-perishable items. Right. Okay. Now yeah. I must ask you because you started talking about products here. I must yeah. ask you, 
What are storage costs then like for yourself? I mean, you're obviously going to have to store product to, in order to sell it. So uh, is that a, an initial outlay that you've got to have? Are you, do you notice that outlay or does it just kind of fade away into the general day-to-day -day running? Definitely. Obviously, you have to have all the health and safety certificates. It's, it's a whole process, sterilization of the bottles, yeah. standardizing the recipes as well. That's very important. Obviously, I don't cook too big a batch. Um, so your yeah, standardization is very important. So it's like a restaurant, if someone goes and has a steak, they want the same steak the next week. I've got to do that with my product as well. So yeah. that's over and over and over. You've no, got to no, make sure it's shit, perfect. You have to be a perfectionist in, in that way. Definitely. I mean, your experience, you're drawing on that experience just to make these products absolutely. Ex exactly. And yeah. it's something different for me as well. So that is great, uh, man. It's, it's going very well. That is good. Yeah. Uh, looking forward, where are we heading? Cayman Islands, probably, yeah. yeah. Love to buy a few, yeah. Oh, yeah, Peter just the just, just the one yeah, or two. Richard, yeah. Oh, well done, well done. <laughs> I like this man. Uh, Peter's thinking big here. No. Uh, is, it, is it right next to Richard, or is it going to be... Just, well, I might just nick one off him, you know, just take one. I'm sure he's got a few to spare, oh, he's so... Got, he's got enough, yeah. Yeah, we'll take it from there. But no, realistically speaking, um, just to cover all my costs and just... Yeah, just live a, a decent a decent life okay. really right. off this and, and obviously support the community as well right. obviously I'm in the same um, premises as Josie Nuts I yes. don't know if you explained to you the community and helping the community yes. so I'd like to obviously be on that page oh, also right so you also contribute to that community as well very that's nice that's what I would like to be doing Good, okay. So, All right. So you're actually giving back to people as well. Definitely. I was speaking to Audrey in, a, in the podcast earlier on, and she was saying um, it really is about the community, this marketplace. And I, it, it's sounding like you're buying into the, the community idea as well. For sure. And it's great to see in a place like Johannesburg, everyone's just rushing around. But here, it's like a safe haven for people just to come and, and just relax. It's cool though, isn't it? The community is a big part of it, yeah. And everyone helping each other. So. So you're all benefiting from, from each other's work, each other's contribution. The fact that you're even working in the same premises as Josie Nuts, that's brilliant, man. That is fantastic. And obviously, I wouldn't have met uh, Josie Nuts if I hadn't have been at this market. So that's how it works. Wow, man. Yeah. That is brilliant. Yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, thank you so much for your time, Peter, and, you and, and for explaining what you've got in your store. No, honestly, and, and to find your story, to see where you've come from, to see where you're going. That is fantastic. So, lots of thanks. <laughs> Cheers, yeah, dude. Cheers. Take it easy. Yeah. Thanks for our chat, Peter. I moved on from there and went to go and see two very young lads. They were Sunny and Bones, two young farmers who literally live by the motto to pick food from the farm on the day it's sold. You cannot get fresher than that. I'm going to do a longer interview with these lads later on, but here's a very short insight into how they got the market store at Bryanston Organics Market. You both kind of start off in an organics restaurant. Uh, Sonny, you've got a little bit of an idea of growing some things before you get in the restaurant. You're in the restaurant, you see a cool idea, you move into farming, and your natural progression then is to come to the stall. You start selling on the stall, and that's now leading you where? Where, where do you see this going from here? It's not, a, it's not one idea, it's a whole broad like vision of having people have enough knowledge to not need me as a farmer. So me being here, more than me trying to sell the product to people, I'm trying to sell the idea to people of the product okay. so that they take it in themselves 
to decide whether they want to buy the product from me or they want to grow it for me for, them, for themselves but preferably I would prefer everybody to grow the food for themselves hence I'm here and every time I sell a product I explain to somebody how about this product became what they can do to achieve their own kind of similar ideas of this nature so my vision for this whole thing it's just to see people have the power of food back in their hands and a decentralized food system. Right. Cleaner food for everybody. Oh, okay. So actually you're looking at it at a far larger level. So, I mean, it's, it's starting to sound like you, you wanted to maybe even go into a, a, a talk or a lecture role um, about the way food appears to people. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. I also have to learn. I'm still young. Yeah. have to learn what I have to. And in good time, we actually... Part of our farm is a division called Afrivival, and that's a training and skills development type of thing. So we train people on how to do organic farming and permaculture. Bones and Sunny continue to talk a little bit about how they worked on the farm and with permaculture, and you'll find out more in a follow-up podcast that I'm going to do with where I actually meet Bones and Sunny and discuss how they get on at the farm. So watch out for that. But here's Bones and Sunny continuing with the way that they work on the market stall and some of the trials and tribulations they're experiencing. They're starting to see, oh, this thing actually has somewhere it's going, you know, people are responding. Man, Sonny, you've got a long way to go, man. If you're starting to see that now, the same for you, Bones. I mean, if the two of you are working together like you are here, I, you could be doing lectures soon, you could be talking to school kids, you could be teaching the next generation, but because you've got the experience too, it's not just I read it in a book. It's not just I read it in a book. It's like do this this way, and it will work for you. We struggle, you know. There's a lot of of course. Like our life in this past two months has just been like complete struggle. Okay. But it's not it's not a sad struggle. It's, it's not a poverty struggle. struggle. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's more of a I'm strengthening the struggle. It's like you know it's a. Do you feel like maybe workout. maybe the struggle that you're talking about is not so much a struggle as in um, life's now hard it's more a readjustment of your thinking not even the thinking has been readjusted for the past six years okay the living now yeah. and making sure that all the parties involved in this life because I'm still young there's still parties in my life like my parents family cool. and all that making sure that those people feel secure in my decision to go this way we run the farm ourselves right now <laughs> me and him are in charge of logistics production admin all, right. all that we're doing it we're doing it yes we're 20 years old you know and we're running like a full scale business so it's like it, it's quite cool so this morning itself this morning itself oh my god you don't want to we almost didn't have petrol to come here no way man serious we're busy harvesting right yeah. but there's no petrol but we're still harvesting we're still packing we woke up knowing <laughs> when we parked the car last night it almost stuck like, oh shit, out of gas. We woke up in the morning knowing that there's no gas. But it was never a thing of, oh, there's no gas. It was like, let's go harvest. And after everything was harvested and packed, we were like, how are we going to get to Bryanston? <laughs> we found a plan. And we made a plan. We made a plan, well got the done, cash, man. got we here. Now we're here, we got more cash. Absolutely. You know, now we can move on. We have to go back to, the, to our packaging supplier okay. to go get boxes because we're harvesting for. So there's two types of markets that we supply to. There's the Branson Organic Market, where we physically here, and there's no middleman thing. Then we have the Johannesburg Market, where it's wholesale. So tomorrow we're harvesting for Joburg, which that's where mo 
our uh, our product is mostly used by restaurants like uh, yeah like fine restaurants with like proper gourmet restaurants because even the lettuce that we grow which is our main crop our lettuce it's just unfortunate that we've sold out. Yeah, we're just it. <laughs> oh, I, honestly, there's there's hardly anything left on the store. I mean, yeah, it, and it is, yeah, just, yeah well, we we've got plenty of time, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but um, that's that's all they have left actually. And you, you guys must have had a fantastic day then. I mean, if yeah. you came to market already with with produce, and that's yes, what you've got left. And it's all gone. And. And like you said, you're going to plow that back in. You're going to start making something else with that. You're going to take your, your other products. When did you say the other market was? On Tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's, on Friday. Uh, so This thing is not a, a market where we physically... It's a, it's, a, it's a wholesaler's market. So you drop off your product to an agent. So we work with agents. The middleman... Ah, right. Picture, okay, yeah. okay. But so is he coming to the farm or are you taking no, it to the market? We take to him. Okay, so yes. between, between now... I mean, what time were you up this morning? Five. Six o'clock. Six. We're up five. We're up at five. So, okay, so half five, five, and uh, I don't know what the time is now. Um, to about, about 20 to 3. Mm -hmm. uh, you're still going to go home. You're still going to have to harvest. No. No. So, because we like harvesting on the day that fresh. the product is needed. Yeah, we like freshness. So, we're going to go off to the market now and buy pr uh, Boxes. Uh, packaging, go back to the farm, sleep. Actually, tomorrow morning at tomorrow six morning we harvest. at six we start the harvesting whole the whole day and then tomorrow evening at six we go drop off all oh, right okay, so we, okay. Want fresh. we want fresh we live our lives for fresh i'm going to wrap this up uh, uh yes, sunny please. and bone so uh, you guys can get on because I, I know you've not spoken to anybody since i've been here um but uh, okay um I would like you guys to, to at least plug your your um, your business and tell everybody where can we find you, your Instagram feed. I know Facebook. you told me about your Facebook. Just tell them where we can find you. Right, so. Okay. Sugarbush Organics. We are a permaculture-based farm in the west of Johannesburg, South Africa. We supply fresh produce, herbs and lettuces and herbs and salads. And you can find us everywhere. In the Joburg market, in the Branston market, most importantly, the market. And socially, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We haven't done all the other stuff yet because we're still stuck in the ground. And we're hoping that in good time, we'll be able to export stuff so that people listening across the world can actually find our stuff in different places across the world. Yeah, that's big. That's big. too far. Yeah. That, that's, that's big plans, man. And that's grand that you've got these goals. Guys, thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. All the best Stay in your venture. Cheers, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Guys, it was great chatting to you, and I really look forward to seeing your Sugarbush Organics farm later on in the week. My last trader was Collins Kobe, who was selling handmade jewellery and with such an interesting story about the items he has for sale. His insights were eye-opening, and I really learned a lot from Colin. So, here's Colin. Okay, we're still at the Bryanston Organics Market. I'm really pushing my luck here. I'm here with uh, Collins Kobe, uh, who has a handmade uh, jewelry store, um, and he's just about to pack up, so I've stopped him. But, Kobe, you've, you've said you'll give me a few minutes of your time just to interview you. So, hi, Kobe, how are you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you? Uh, not too bad, man. And I'm sorry, I've already messed it up straight away. Your name is Colin, not Kobe. That's your second name. I'm very it's sorry, all right. sir. It's all right, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just so conscious that you want to pack up and go. Um, for people who are listening, obviously they can't see your stall. Could you describe to them what your stall looks like? My stall basically is an African stall with an African jewelry. And most of the jewelry is, is made based on 
the traditional backgrounds of African people. So we have necklaces made from Zulu people, Maasai people, Dinka people from Sudan. Now this, the reason being we try, uh, that I try to stick to that is because I, I try that the world still remembers what Africa is. Not just Africa by people, but Africa by culture as well. So that's the reason why I still sell African jewelry based on African uh, traditional cultures. Okay, so you're, you're trying to still keep with the, the rhythm and the idea of Africa and those traditions, you want to keep carrying that culture forward? Yes, that's very true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I see in your sign here, it says handmade. Uh, explain to me what that means to you as in handmade products here. Okay. First and foremost, no one was born with experience. We, as we grow, we learn experience. Like I was not born knowing how to make jewelry. At some point, I started with earrings and it extended to making necklaces. And thereafter, I also discovered other traditions as well. We also make much, much more better, beautiful necklaces than what I make. So I buy from them and resell with what I make myself. Yeah. So, but the people you're buying from are hand-making that stuff as well. Nothing's made by a machine here. No, no, no. no. Everything is handmade. Because okay. I can see bags on the walls. and there's a, there's a small selection of clothing, but mainly there's, there's beautiful, beautiful bangles, uh, earrings. Uh, some of the colors are incredible. They, I mean, they really are quite special. Um, and I'll try and take a photo and put that up online so people can see um, on Instagram. But it uh, looks looks perfect man and i've got you right at the end of your store so you're already starting to pack away so i can't even imagine what you already had yeah. I mean, it's pretty special yeah the stuff the reason why we try to keep it uh handmade is because we want to keep the origin of the african culture should we now go and start making the machinery one it will actually depreciate the value of the origin so as you can see most of the stuff is made from bone like kudu bone cow bone seeds we have amber we have stones you know and leather so we just combine everything together and bring out the best of it yeah and, and but the the, the actual um, artwork that's coming through here is all from an african background an african tradition yes okay so you're using nature using what's around you and then you're using that together with an artistic idea from a traditional sense yes very true we keep it that way so that everything can remain original and uh, we also try to show the world what Africa is all about because a few years back Chinese have tried to duplicate a lot of things from the African origin so it makes it even more difficult when other people come they want to buy the African origin stuff and yet they sold the Chinese, Chinese uh, image of African origin. So, but most people who know art, they're looking for original stuff. So when they come, we also do explain to them that no, this is not plastic. This is made from such and such an item. Yeah. So, so these, these are actually, I suppose, biodegradable products as well, aren't they? Yes. Yeah, so they're not really hurting our environment no, from no. what you're, you're making? No, no, everything is organic. Okay. Try to keep it that way. Like some we also recycle, things like, let's say, ostrich shells, which are broken. We turn it into necklace or bracelets or earrings made from ostrich shell. Wow. So it's just a recycled thing. Yeah. That is so cool, man. Yeah. I'm going to go right back and ask, 
how did you get into this? How did you get into selling jewelry and not something else? What, what made you decide this is what I want to do? I suppose it's the environment where you are. If you are around people who are selling jewelry or into art, in one way or the other, you'll have that interest. Now, let's give an example. Probably, let's say you were born in a family that are mechanical people. You'll have the interest at one point, wanting to also learn how to be a mechanic. Okay. So also with art, it's, it's like that. Do you think it's something that surrounds you and then you, you kind of move with that? I think so. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, so you've got a little bit of an interest when you're young in art. That begins to develop into your jewellery and your handmade jewellery. And here you are on a stall. Yes, true. And that, that's pretty much your pathway here. Yeah. And I also hope that someday I'll be able to own my own shop, company, okay. where I can also teach others who have interest. Oh, man. Now, this is, this is gold. So um, your, your stall is really just a, a stepping stone to... A, a bigger and better goal that you have in your mind. Yes, I have a dream, and I hope that dream one day comes true. Oh, where I'll have my whole big warehouse okay. full of different designs okay. that I can be able to extend myself and probably even reach more people overseas. That's my goal. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So, um, if you want to expand that way and you want to be able to reach greater markets, uh, that's obviously going to have to take some planning, and you're going to build that into your goal as and as and when you grow from the stall. But the stall's a great starting point for you right now. Yes, it is. It is indeed because I've seen a great change. I've been able to meet lots of people from here, people from different countries, different backgrounds, and. Uh, what inspires me even most is because they like the stuff okay. and that motivates me even more. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so actually the fact that you're in a customer facing role, that you're here now interacting with people, you can see oh, they like this or they like that and you can discuss your products with them. Yes. And also, somehow, I also get more ideas from them as well. That's fantastic. So you're living off of the people yeah. coming here. Yes. Like yes. some people come and say, this is nice, but if you make it like this, it will be like this. So I've tried that, and it, the outcome is awesome. Oh, that is so cool. So you're working with other people to create these designs. Would you say, though, you're getting great business experience here as well, just because you're you're face-to-face you're -face with people? You can't go anywhere. That is very true. For me, I think business is... You see, you can't know it all. You, you learn every day. People have different minds, different thoughts. And so from those thoughts, when they come to you, you also make something out of it. And that's exactly how I've managed to build myself to this level. That's great, man. Yeah. That's great. And, and you, you've got a lot of stock here. And I, it's one question I also ask a lot of stall traders because it's a big outlay when you start. Yeah. You, you have to have stock to sell because if, if you show me a picture, I don't know what it really is. I can't feel it. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, having so much stock, you have to outlay quite a bit of money first of all. Yeah. Um, is that a struggle initially? In the beginning it is because having stock is, in other words, also having money. It just is, the only difference is it's in terms of stock. But having more stock, it's advantage for you because sometimes you find a customer who comes and buys more than 20 items. Okay, so, so the, that, Yeah, that so if you have lesser stock, it disadvantages you okay. when you get such kind of customers. But if you have more stock, should you happen to get that kind of customer, it's an advantage for you. Yes. Right, okay, so actually having it there ready available, it's good to go straight away. That's good, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah okay. like today, there's a lady that came, I met her last year, and she popped in today. She bought 12, 12 necklaces. No way, man. Yeah. Well, that's brilliant. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, well done, man. Yeah. So 12 necklaces, you've done that in a sale, you've spoken to the lady. Did she buy anything the first time out of interest? No, she never bought. She, she just liked the, you know, the way we spoke. She asked me, how do you make it? And I think from, from the discussions we had, it what inspired her even to come back. Yeah. And, and buy from me. Because today she came and she reminds me, hey, I met you last year and such and such a day. I'm here today. That and she cool. picked 12 necklaces. I was so happy, you know, Man. because being January, you know, things are a little hard here there. But, you know. Because it goes a little bit quiet in yeah. January anyway. Yeah. But that's a very interesting point though. So you may meet anybody yeah. here who may not ever buy anything from you the first time, but yeah. they may be back yes. and they may be back again and they may be back again. Yes, and they do that most of the time because many people who come to buy, they don't come to buy knowing what they want to buy. Okay. So most of the times it's impulse buying. Okay. But because your story and your staff combines together and is sweet, okay. so that, in, that gives them passion. No, man, let me go buy something from maybe it's made from Sudan or from from Zambia or yeah. from South Africa and you so know. this is just this is sparking an idea in my head actually um, when people are browsing and they're talking to you the first time they've never, never met you before they've never seen your store before when they're browsing and they don't buy maybe it's actually that they're storing your store in their heads for when they see an opportunity hey I know where I can get this item for this person and that's why they come back a second time and not buy on the first time. Do you think that might be the reason? Lots of the time, that's the reason. Yeah. But also most of the time, because some customers are just having short time in the country, or maybe they're leaving soon, so they're just forced to buy something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But so 90, like tourists. Yeah. Okay. But 95% of people who come and see and go, they're people who are looking for ideas. Okay. And so if they're inspired with one or two of your ideas, then they always come back to you. Cool, man. Yeah, yeah. And 12, I mean, when one go. I've got to say, this man is smiling. He is his full mouth of teeth, I tell you, it's fantastic. Um, all right, so we've, we've said where we start from, kind of an arty background. You've brought that through into th this amazing artwork. You're buying in some stuff. You've got a goal of progressing further. And you're learning your business skills right now. Can you tell us a skill that's really been important to have while you've been on the store? Personality okay. is very, very, very important. Right. And from the experience that I've had the most is that most people don't buy because your product is good. Okay. They buy because of how you treat them and oh. the story of your item. Okay. Yes. So actually the whole backstory contributes to it. So people are not so much buying an item, they're actually buying the, the story behind the item and that's what makes it special. Yes. Do you think that relates to jewelry in general or does it relate to any item, do you think? It should be because anything was not just made. Some of the stuff we were born and we found it here. Like in African culture, there are necklaces whereby were used as a symbol of money. So should you have it, that was your money. Okay. You understand, yeah. So in jewelry, that is how jewelry started in the years back and also in clothing and you can find items like mask drumming they always have a story yeah, yeah. So cool. so I, I really like the idea that you've tied together the story and the item that you're selling and that's what the person is buying it's not just the aesthetic view you're not just looking at something and going all right 
And that would also take my mind back to say, if I was walking along the high street past a, a, a store on the high street, I would remember buying a specific item from that street, from that salesperson in that store. There's a whole story to that. I was out with my friends or I was by myself. I was in a new city. That's a very key point. It is, because if you look at it in this manner, so let's say cars, we have lots of cars, yeah. but the cars sell because of the stories of the cars. Yeah. I mean, they, they will tell you, this is a turbo engine, this is war. You know what I'm saying? So that will even inspire you about, let me try this one this time around. Right. Yeah, so with, with jewelry, African art, there's a story. Oh, yeah. Colin, that has been, that's fantastic. That is such an insight, actually. I hadn't even thought, I hadn't even thought that way, actually about the story side of it um, and how linked it is to the item that you're buying. And yet it is so important because as a stall trader, if you pass that story on to the other person, they've got something that they can hold and look at and, and see. Yes. So for somebody who's selling jewelry, that's, that's probably very vital. It is. Yeah. It is. And uh, as I said before, that is what I learned in this game. And it has boosted my sales my business yeah. and up to today their customers will still come back that's good man. yeah that's good so you now we're looking for kobe you know <laughs> so, yeah and you're feeling more confident do you feel confident doing this when you started did you feel maybe nervous or do, have you when you walked in it was fine <laughs> in the beginning when i started i was just selling okay. because i didn't know much but as i started you know putting my time into it, I discovered no. Some beads mean certain things. Okay. There are this that also means certain things. There are seeds that are good luck. There are some that you, they also use for healing. There are stones that draws good things to you. So you know those things. You know, kind of you know, yeah. brought me closer and closer. That's good, man. Yeah, that is good. And that's what you know has brought me to this level. Yeah. Uh, Colin, I'm, I'm so aware. I'm, look, I'm just turning around here now to have a look, and uh, almost everybody has packed up their stores, and this poor guy is, is still got to pack up his store. I'm going to take a photo, if you don't mind, a couple of photos just so people can see your work um, uh, before you put it all away. But, Colin, thank you so much for spending these last few minutes of the store Hi, with right, me. It's fantastic. Um, I did ask you earlier if anybody could find you online anywhere so they could actually speak to you. So maybe you have an email address or do you have a Twitter yes. or Facebook, Facebook um, or somewhere like that? I have an email address. Okay, could yes. you give us your email? My name, email address is C-O-L-K-E-2001 at yahoo.com. Oh. Collins Kobe. Collins Kobe yeah. at yahoo.com. Yes. Perfect, man. That's where people can reach you and uh, hopefully one day you get get online we can see your stuff maybe sure. on instagram or something like that For sure. because give you, you don't want to hide card. it absolutely let's get yeah, this card okay. oh perfect man yeah. and we've got that there yeah. collins kirby excellent man that is brilliant thank you sir. so thank you very much for your time right. appreciate it and all the best thank you sir god bless stay blessed thank, thank, thank you very you. much thank you. Cheers, right. eh? cheers bye all right my man thanks collins kirby for hanging about and giving us a chat while everybody else was closing up for the day i really appreciated it Food on the move. My final interview was with Diane Bain of Pizzazz. We talked about her food outlet and her ambitions as a market store trader. Again, thanks so much Diane for staying behind. I know it was really at the end of the day, but you were so accommodating and I really appreciate what you had to say to us. Here's Diane. Um, all right, so uh, 
uh, I've, I've really pushing my luck here now at the end of the day and uh, all the stores are closed up but I've managed to find Diane uh, Bain who is in charge of pizzas pizzas and um, she has kindly managed to find a few items left for me to try for our food review which is food on the move so uh, hi Diane how are you doing very good thank you I've taken a couple of pictures so the first one was a muffin can you tell me a little bit about the muffin what goes into this sure we use stone ground flour okay. uh, free-range eggs uh, buttermilk um, and, and butter, Okay, and I mean, this is a, this is a fair, fairly good size. And is there anything else? Is, is there raisins or something we've, inside this? We've got white chocolate and raisins in that oh, one. Oh, that's good. That's good. And what other kind of uh, flavors do you do? Obviously, I wasn't here to see them. We do blueberries. We do dark chocolate. Uh, we do a spinach and feta. Um, gosh, and then it, it varies. Um, lemon and poppy and whatever else we feel like apple and cinnamon sometimes wow that, that sounds really nice okay so th this muffin you would say is a that i've got in front of me that's cranberry so this is cranberry raisins no sorry uh, i beg your pardon uh -huh. taking the cranberries out uh, raisins and white chocolate it has cranberries and white chocolate so that's why i'm okay hesitating uh, so sometimes that's, that's okay um the second picture i took of is what on the plate these are chocolate brownies and what goes into those lots of butter oh yeah absolutely <laughs> the spice of life here <laughs> and lots of dark chocolate okay uh, are you so i mean we're in an organic market so are you just trying to source organic ingredients or is that something that's not really crossing your mind i source the best ingredients that i can okay uh, organic if it is possible okay um otherwise the best ingredients we can find okay yeah. as a side note here um if you are if you are trying to go fully organic with your product would you notice a very steep increase in the way that you have to then sell it to the product your, your pricing market would that have to go yeah, and that's really a, a bigger hindrance, isn't it? And your choice is quite limited. Ah, right, okay, so you, you, could, you can be able to do all these things. Um, I'm going to take... You, if you have to stick to seasonal foods, uh, you can't satisfy your customers. They oh, want you okay. to have regular produce. Okay, so you're trying to keep a consistent uh, turnover of one type of yeah. uh, food or yeah. one type of menu, and in order to do that, it's impossible to, to go with the seasons. It's impossible to stay organic all the time. Okay, yeah. I appreciate that. Um, picture three, I'm just going to take, and I've had this, uh, we, we had a bit of a laugh just before I started recording, but um, apparently all the all these wonderful uh, treats have just been put away. Otherwise, I could have had this earlier on, but tell me about number three, because everyone can't see this. Explain to me what's on here. About your pizza. Absolutely. Um, so we make the bases ourselves. Again, stone ground flour. Uh, they're very thin. And this particular one has, all the ingredients are fresh. So this is fresh spinach, um, feta, baby marrows, red peppers, and chicken on this one. Okay, and, and are you using um, salt, are you using uh, spices, no. or are you using anything like No. So it's as simple as it can be? Yeah. Uh, do you put any sugar in uh, any no. of this? Uh, no, so There's it's no also sugar. good. Okay, so yeah. that's grand. Uh, so making this as simple as possible. Uh, I'm going to be cheeky. Can I take a piece? Absolutely. All right, I'm going to take one wee piece here. And we're going to give this a wee try. Here we go. All right. And this, I mean, it looks fantastic. I can see all the colours of the the fruit and vegetables, like the vegetables on here. Uh, mm. And the base, the base is very very thin. It's it's actually cooked very very well. And the base is is thin enough for me to chew through, but it's not um, it's not chewy. And um, even the cheese, you haven't got a lot of cheese on here. It's, a, it's just a nice level of cheese for me to taste it. 
and the feta is coming through. I use only pure mozzarella. Oh, right, okay. So that's why it's uh, it's got that really strong flavor. Oh, that is marvelous. All right. Uh, mm. Let me move on rather. While I'm eating this, I'm going to ask you a question. Um, why, why did you start with this type of food? Why did you not choose another type of thing to, to, to run at the store? Why did you go along the food route? I've been at the market for many, many, many years. Um, 37 years. Mm. Wow, okay. <laughs> well done. <laughs> you must be doing something right. I mean, this food is fantastic. So. And I'm passionate about cooking. So I started here uh, cooking. Uh, making breakfasts and uh, I ran a tea house for quite a while um, and then I decided a change was needed so I actually did change completely I went into sewing and I used to make beautiful garments okay. uh, that was for quite a spell then unfortunately my I lost the um, ability to be able to sew from home. Uh, so we sold the home and then I didn't have the space to sew. So I packed all that lot up and then uh, I was enticed back into the cooking. So I've been here making pizzas and things for about 25 years. <laughs> all right, okay. But this is really a passion of yours. So you actually started your, your cooking uh, stall which is a, a pizzeria, and I really don't want to use it as a cooking store, as a food store. Um, you started out of a passion that you originally had, is that correct? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah and then you've, you've moved from there um, into, was there one particular type of food that you started selling and then progressed, or did you already have this all in mind? No, when I started here, I was only making pizzas. Um, then we progressed from there into pizzas and toasted sandwiches. Um, and from then we moved into making the muffins and the brownies and okay. salads and so, so, so you're actually progressing with the, the type of menu that you have then? Yes. Uh, what were your goals then? Um, if you start off, off with off, if you start off with pizza, you've moved into the muffins, into the brownies, where do you think you're heading with this? Are you going to open more restaurants or more food stalls or is this, are you happy where you are at the moment? How, how's this looking? I had a passion of having a coffee shop. Oh, wow, okay. I think at this point I'm probably a little bit over the hill to be... Oh, everyone can have a, everyone can start one. Like <laughs> I have been very, very happy here. Uh, and very specifically here. This is like a... It's not like any other place that you would go. This is a... It's almost a spiritual experience. Yeah. Uh, you ca I come here to get rejuvenated. Okay, all right. Um, I was saying, I spoke to Audrey earlier on uh, in the management team, and uh, I was just saying to her, when you come in, you feel relaxed. Yes. Uh, the vibe with, within the whole marketplace is, is completely different. It's not fr frenetic, it's, it's calm. People are talking, walking around, eating. And even now, you as a, as a market store owner uh, and trader, you, you pretty much are are showing those same principles back to me as somebody who's interviewing you. And it's nice and calm, there's no, no rush or anything. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. this little space here, it is absolutely my passion. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, you started off in, in the industry, you would like to go towards a coffee shop or, or some kind of thing maybe in the future. You've not completely given up on the dream because your eyes came alive when you started talking about it. <laughs> and even now when I said it. so. Mm. Give me, paint me a picture. What, what does it look like in your head? 
It would be very small. It would be in a, a position is everything. Uh, so that would have to be sourced very carefully. Um, I do have my, my absolute heart is set on a place like maybe Cape Town or Grayton or um, maybe a place like Heinitzburg, okay. you know, going to... I don't think it stays in Johannesburg. So moving away from Johannesburg, something nice and small, something quaint, really. Yeah, okay. Johannesburg people have become very obsessed with instant gratification. Okay, uh, right. and, and, and the market doesn't really, doesn't really show that. The market's more calm, you take everything in your own time, and that's, absolutely. It. And that's what you would like to portray over yeah. into the coffee shop as well, I'm assuming. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You mentioned there that um, you would like something small, and you've learned that location is everything. Yes. Is that from your time here working that you've, you've picked up the skill or is it, um, is it something that uh, you just knew already? What kind of skills do you think you've picked up since you've been working on the market store? I've learned a lot about how not to do things. Okay. Um, Can you name one thing? I, I think that, yeah, you yeah. have to be in control. Oh, As right, the okay. owner, you have to be in control. You cannot leave a manager to run things. Oh, okay. All right. Ultimately, you will lose your business. So this this sounds like experience talking very loudly here. That you've had um, that you've had a manager and maybe it didn't work out, or managers and it hasn't worked out before, and you've you've learned the hard way. So now you're in control. Uh, how's how's that how's that benefiting you? Um, in your in your business and the direction you're going in? It hasn't actually shown itself yet because it's only just uh, over this last year I noticed my business going down and down uh, oh, okay. because I had my interest was elsewhere right. and it wasn't here okay. and uh, the feedback that I get from customers is that they, they actually want to see the owner at the store. They don't want to see somebody else. They want to see the owner. That's oh, that's interesting. Okay. It's almost a critical component of a market store. Your customers want to see you. Okay, so that's very interesting. You have to be here for your customers to trust what you're selling. Is that what you're saying? Then? Yeah. And they want to engage with you. Yeah. Uh, they want to know that, yeah, once they see the owner, then they know, okay, this is this is a place or this is a person that we can trust. Okay. Um, and then you can see uh, a change in the way the public obviously treat you and treat your food. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so that's very important. Uh, we're learning so much today, actually, when we're just walking around the store of, of the different ways people have learned their business, progressed in their business, some of the skills. And, and you've been here a long time. Uh, uh, I think Audrey was saying to me the market's about 40 years old. Is that correct? Mm. So you're pretty much one of the, the early starts. Mm. Absolutely. So you've seen the market change and progress and, and mature as it's gone mm. on. Is that is it in, in um, line with the principles that they want to try and achieve? Yes. Yeah. Mm. I think so. I, I, just walking around, it seems like everybody is in the, is in the right direction. Um, I've also noticed that you've got uh, a few people working for you. There's one man leaning on the end of the bar here, making sure, uh, end of the, the, the serving <laughs> desk, making sure that it's not going to fall over. Close it up. Yeah. Oh, is that what he's waiting for? He's waiting to close. I'm so sorry, man. Hey, I'm so sorry. And there's another lady here who's, who's putting away... She's my right hand. Uh, the right hand lady. She is putting away the, the, the serviette. I'm keeping her from going home as well. I'm so sorry. I've, I've just got the nod, the nod. Oh, hang on. I'm going to get closed out here very quickly. All right. Let me see here. Uh, um, an owner and also somebody who's in charge of employees. What's one of the, one of the merits of having other people work for you? 
For me, it's always been about teaching other people a skill, teaching them how to do something and do something really well, so that if they choose to, and this is a passion that I've always had, if I had enough money, what I would do with that money is I would teach people to do exactly what I'm doing here and take it either into, you know, wherever they happen to live and start up the business for themselves. Oh, right. That so actually would, like a training role. Yeah. That, that was the other passion that I have okay. had. And okay. finance has just not okay. allowed that to happen. Right. Um, so if you could, that would be the direction you'd go. So you'd be training people for them to actually take this into a place where they could use it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's really good. So you're you're investing in people, really. You're you're making um, making the the person feel almost part of the business, and therefore they have an invested interest in making the best of the business. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, my staff are always they are part of the business, uh, uh, no, and no. we do things together. It's not a it's not a uh, an up down. Um, sort of rule you do things my way often they come up with new ideas and they say well can we do it this way and if it's a way that can work then we uh, we take that on board if it's a way that doesn't work well then we ditch it and we move on to something else well that is good so you're actually working together with the people you're working with and that makes must make for an easier environment for all of you then yeah and i think we're all happy to be here nobody's here because they yeah Oh, that's that's really good. You've got good staff around, and and I, I bet that must that, that must come through in the food that you're producing as well. Then, because they're passionate to stay part of your business. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I have very little comeback. Oh, Mostly just uh, accolades with what we do do. That is good, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I know I've I, I know I've kept you, and you should have been already packed up and gone. And uh, the, the, your poor employees are are waiting to go home as well. Um, I want to say thank you very much. Before we go, could you uh, maybe plug your, your stall, say something about your stall and maybe a place where we can reach you? stall is called Pizazz and it's stall number 42 at the Bryanston Market. Okay. Um, we make, we start off with uh, breakfast where we make uh, toasted sandwiches. We make divine coffee. Oh, nice. Fresh coffee. Uh, oh, fresh oh, coffee. Man, I should have yeah. been there earlier. <laughs> it's not made in a in a machine. It's made in a bodum, but we do it differently to that, how anybody on? else would make it in a bodum. So it 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 tastes like machine coffee. Okay. Um, then we do juices, um, and then for tea time you can have um, sometimes a variety of cakes. It just depends on how busy we are, and of course the chocolate brownies are an absolute hit. Uh, and, gone. <laughs> yeah, and and the muffins, and uh, later on for uh, pizzas and salads, we make really beautiful salads. Um, and so, are the pizzas something that you have after a certain time in the day, or can you just order them from the time you arrive? You can order them from about half past nine. Okay. Yeah, because so we need we just need time for the for the oven to yeah. warm up. Yeah, as you get started. Yeah. Okay. Um, Diane, thank you so much. Give us a contact uh, address that we can maybe uh, get you on. Uh, my email is bain.diane at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. I'll put those in the show notes so that people know where to contact you. And, uh, of course, we'll have a picture of you standing by your sign. And uh, on Instagram, we can see some of the pictures, some of the food that you've you've got out for us. Thank you so much for, for allowing me to interview you right at the very end of the day, at the end of the market. Diane, thank you so much. A pleasure. Yeah. So where do I find you? Oh, absolutely. I'll tell you right about that now on marketnosh.com. All the best, Diane, and don't forget to send me a link to your new Instagram feed when you have it all set up. 
Well, that's it for now. Thanks to everyone who chatted to me at the Bryanston Organics and Natural Market last Thursday. I had a marvellous time meeting people who were enthusiastic about their products and being part of a whole philosophy of an organic marketplace. Listen out for the two additional podcasts coming your way over the next few days where we speak to the management and understand what motivates the Bryanston Organics Natural Market. And I also speak to the Sugarbush Organics Farm lads, Sunny and Bones, and meet them on their farm. So watch out for that interview. To find out more, visit marketnosh.com. You can also find me on Facebook. There's a Facebook page. It would be super cool if you could just like the page. It really raises the profile. I'm on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can see some of the people I've been meeting and some of the products that they sell right through the Instagram feed. If you're into getting a weekly newsletter, you can sign up at marketnosh.com and also get a free social media guide so you can get a head start on making a web presence. It's where people actually see and talk with you today. Everyone's got a phone, you might as well get involved. I have a Facebook group for those of traders who want to ask questions, get responses and share advice on how to run a market store. And that Facebook group is called the Market Nosh Costas. To get in touch by email, my email address is maurice at marketnosh.com. I answer all my own email and it'd be super cool to hear how you're getting on, some of your thoughts, your questions, and even some suggestions for the podcast. If you missed anything, you can find all the information in the show notes below. And thanks to Ben San for allowing me to use all his music in this podcast. So, from the Market Notch Show, cheers everyone. <music>